0: Welcome back to yet another episode of Easy Street Sports. This week, we're going to talk about the NFL schedule that came out on Thursday. We're going to talk about my games of the week. And some of these are t- prime time. But some of them have a narrative that I think it's important to keep an eye on next year. Then, we're going to take a look at the Lions record. Or the Lions season, their schedule, and what I think their record's going to be over the course of the 18 weeks, and why I think there should be some optimism about their record and their schedule. And then I'm going to finish up with an interesting statistic about NFL Conference Championship teams and their ability to get back to that same level of the playoffs the following year. But let's get started with games of the week. Week one, you've got the Bills versus the Rams. For a season opener, this is a pretty phenomenal game. You have the Rams, who won the Super Bowl. And you have the Bills, who I think have the best odds of a lot of teams to win the Super Bowl this year. They've been building... The team around Josh Allen, who I think has proved himself to be on track, if not already, a Tier 1 quarterback. And you've got the Rams, who they won it last year, but they had Odell Beckham Jr., who is now in free agency, and they had Vaughn Miller, who is now with the Bills. So I'm not quite sure what the Rams will look like next year, but I'm not too worried because they've got Matthew Stafford, clear Tier 1 quarterback. And they have Sean McVay, one of, if not the most intelligent quarterback or not quarterbacks, head coaches in the NFL today. So that's going to be a very fun game to watch to open up the NFL season next year. Another game in week one that I'm very excited about is the Denver Broncos head to Seattle to play the Seahawks. And this is more of a game where the story behind it I think is so much more important. Because the Broncos traded Drew Locke, a couple of players, and a hefty amount of picks to Seattle for Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. Russell Wilson is a Tier 1 quarterback. Has he been able to get back to the Super Bowl after the Legion of Boom? No, but I still think he's a Tier 1 caliber quarterback. And I think he can still find a lot of success in the NFL So for him to go to Denver He's following the same formula that Tom Brady followed with the Bucks, Where he went from pa- the Patriots to the Buccaneers Won the Super Bowl that year Then Stafford followed that same formula Where he was traded from the Lions to the Rams And he won the Super Bowl Both of those guys are Tier 1 Clear Tier 1 quarterbacks and I think Russell Wilson fits that same formula. Tier 1 quarterback, going to a new team with a very strong defense, I think a good receiving core, some uh, a group that you can definitely build on and improve and can be very explosive with the right quarterback. And then you had the Seahawks, who downgraded heavily from Russell Wilson, down to Drew Locke, who I believe is a Tier 3, a, a clear backup to any Tier 2. And they play Week 1. And I expect the Broncos to handle the Seahawks very easily. I mean, the Seahawks have running backs and a weaker offensive line and their defense is kind of all over the place. But it'll still be a fun game to watch simply because of the story of they swapped quarterbacks, which are the most important position in the NFL. And it'll be interesting to see these teams play each other at the beginning of the, of the season, and it'll be fun to see where they end up at the end. Week two, I have the Bucks versus the Saints as one of my games. And this is more of a divisional matchup where Tom Brady unretires. He's back with the Buccaneers. And the Saints have constantly been giving him trouble defensively. I mean, they shut him out last year in a game where they won 9-0. So... For a team to shut out the greatest quarterback to ever do it, I think is a fun narrative to keep an eye on, and I think it's going to be um, a real ugly defensive game that is might not be fun to watch, but it might still it might tell a good story. The second game I have at week two is the Titans versus the Bills. And why this game is so important is you you have the Bills, who I think are projected to win the Super Bowl this year, and you have the Titans, who, frankly, was underwhelming in the playoffs last year. I mean, they beat the Bills, beat the Chiefs, beat these high-caliber teams that a lot of people expected to win their divisions to make it to the conference championships to even win the Super Bowl. And the Titans beat every single one of them. And I think that shows a lot of how Mike Vrabel is a genius head coach. But Ryan Tannehill was underwhelming in that divisional game against the Bengals. The Bills again are just getting better and better every year. So I know it's early but to see those two play and see if Mike Vrabel can replicate what he did last year, or will the Bills roll over the Titans, it'll be worth seeing. Then Week Three, you have the Packers versus the Bucks. These are two teams that battled it out in the NFC Championship two years ago now, and again, the Bucks, Brady, unretired coming back for at least one more year. I think that might be it for him, maybe another, but again, superstar caliber quarterback and the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And the last 3 years they've gone 13 and 3, 13 and 3 and 14 and 3 or 13 and 4. But again, they're winning quality games. They're beating almost everybody. But and they even had the one seed last year, first round bye. And They didn't capitalize. They lost to the 49ers. Again, Aaron Rodgers has a lot of trouble playing the 49ers. So I think this is the year where the Packers need to find success in the playoffs. They need to host playoff games. They need to win playoff games. They need to finally break that NFC Championship ceiling and get back to the Super Bowl. Or else I think that for the Packers... They're going to be disappointed with their success if they only win 13 games in the regular season and then create zero success in the postseason. Then, week four, you've got the Chiefs heading to Tampa Bay. This, of course, is a rematch of the Super Bowl from two years ago now. And the Bucks, I think, are in a similar position. I mean, they have Tom Brady. He came back. Gronkowski might return. He might bring Edelman with him. If those two don't join the Bucks' offense, then I'm not quite sure where I would rank Tampa Bay. But I think the Chiefs are kind of in a similar spot. They traded Tyreek Hill, and they traded Tyron Matthew, uh, one of their field general defensive backs, for their phenomenal defense. And I think that might be enough To bring the Chiefs down a notch And kind of bring them back to earth From where they were these last four years So that'll be a fun game to see Where do these teams actually stack up Against each other And then against the rest of the Playoff caliber teams Week 5 I have the Bengals versus the Ravens Now these are the two teams That of course they're in the same division So they play each other two times a year But I would be I would not be surprised if they play each other three times, you know, once in the playoffs. And because they're in the same division, they play each other twice. And this is the first meeting between these two teams. So this could very well be the team or the game that dictates who's going to win this division out of these two, the Bengals or the Ravens. And the Bengals, of course, made it to the Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are a phenomenal duo. But Joe Burrow's young. This is his, I believe, his second or third year in the NFL. It's, I believe it's his third year now, going into this year. And so he's young. Got plenty of talent. But when you're young, sometimes you show a little bit of inconsistency. And I don't think the Ravens are getting enough credit from last year. I believe they were 8-3 at one point. And I know they went for a few games at the end where they had the opportunity to score a touchdown. And if they went for the extra point, they would have tied the game and sent it into overtime. But they decided to be a little more aggressive than that. And they went for two on those three games. And they unfortunately didn't get it all three times. And whether you chalk that up to bad luck or bad play calling whatever the case is, those three games could have gone the other way and definitely would have helped the Ravens get into the playoffs last year. But even if you don't include that, Lamar Jackson got injured last year, and there was a stretch of games where he didn't play, and when you play with a backup quarterback, odds are you're most likely going to lose just because that backup is either a Tier 2 or a tier three, and they just don't stack up against other teams. So I think we need to give the Ravens a lot more credit, especially going into next year, where I think they did very well in the draft. I think they made some very great quality picks, and I wouldn't be surprised if these two are fighting for the division every week. Week six, I've got the Bills, who are heading to Kansas City. Now again, the Bills... They're building a phenomenal team up in Buffalo, but the Chiefs have always really just been their kryptonite. And it's and it's for whatever reason, there's always whether it's the coin toss, just a better offense, just more explosive, whatever you whatever you think, the Bills just can never quite beat the Chiefs. But this year, the Bills have Von Miller, a great defensive lineman, great linebacker, and the Chiefs no longer have, I I said it already, but they no longer have Tyreek Hill, who I think created a lot of opportunities for Patrick Mahomes to play pretty much backyard football, where he's just running around in the backfield and just chucking the ball 30, 40, 50 yards down the field, and Tyreek Hill can just sprint fast enough to run under it and get it, and then just create his own plays. I think that was a a lot of the Chiefs' offense where they were just so talented physically, so fast that they were just able to create plays where, okay, if you want to double-team Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey's going to be open or somebody's going to be open or Patrick Mahomes can just run it. And so that's very difficult to play against. But now that they don't have that on offense and they no longer have Tyron Matthew on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're going to get a reality check here. When they play the Bucks and the Bills. And we might see a different Chiefs team next year. But that's my game of the week for week six. Now week seven, here's where it gets interesting. My game of the week? The Lions versus the Cowboys. Now this is a rematch from 2014 playoffs where the Lions went to Dallas, and they, of course, lost in the wild card round. But these teams, especially the Lions, are vastly different from what they were in 2014. Stafford was with Detroit back in 2014, and now, of course, he's with the Rams, and Jared Goff is there in Detroit. But then you also have crucial and, I think, quality additions in Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams as well as Kirby Joseph, and a few others, Joshua Pascal, that I think is going to be a huge upgrade for Detroit's defense, which I think was their shining moment from last year. I think even though their record doesn't really show it, they went 3-13-1, but I think their defense played to a level that you wouldn't expect a three thirteen and one to play. And whether their numbers speak for it, I think the mentality that you saw on the field reflected the players buying in to the Dan Campbell formula that he's trying to build there. And I think the Lions are moving in the right direction. Brad Holmes, their general manager, he's drafting probably the best collection of picks his, these last two years. Then I think we've seen Detroit take... In the last decade. And I think the amount of faith that he has in his ability to find talent. He he had Pene Sewell, 7th overall. Two years ago now. And then Amon Ross St. Brown in the 4th. Amon Ross St. Brown in the 4th round. He's able to find talent. And I think he found it again in this draft. And I think the Lions are definitely going to be on the uptick from last year. And the Cowboys, they traded Amari Cooper. They've got Dak Prescott. I think he's stagnant. I mean, they 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 do have a very explosive offense. They won their division. But I always have some question marks around Dak Prescott, and you can look back to that playoff game where he had a quarterback draw with 13, 14 seconds left, and... The rest is history. They lost that game and and people were outraged by that play call. And still people are arguing why that was even an idea to begin with. So we might see the Cowboys take a dip. And I still think the Cowboys are going to lose. And I'm going to expand on this later when I talk about the Lions season and their record through through every week. But I think... How they do against the Cowboys will be a good indication of where the Lions are at and where they're heading. Uh, Of course, the Cowboys are a a playoff caliber team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win their division again or if they at least make it to the wild card. But how the Lions do against the Cowboys, especially after their bye week in week six, having all that time to prepare, it will be a good test for how the Lions actually stand up to other quality NFC playoff-caliber teams. Then, Week 8, another narrative game. The Commanders head to Indianapolis to play the Colts. The narrative behind this one, quarterbacks. The Colts last year had Carson Wentz. They were red-hot after Thanksgiving. I remember going to watch the game where the Colts... Hosted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you want to talk about a thrilling game. I mean, back and forth, touchdowns, their wide receiver John or sorry, their running back Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts was red hot and he was super explosive down the stretch of the last six ish games. But they ultimately folded in their season finale against the Jaguars who, if, if you need reminding, uh, had the number one overall pick in the NFL draft for obvious reasons, but uh, the Colts folded. They weren't able to get it done, and I think that probably played a, at least a healthy part of why Carson Wentz got traded to the Commanders. And now the Colts have Matt Ryan, who they acquired from Atlanta, and now they're going to duke it out in Week 8. So it will be a fun game to see which quarterback really is the better option. Did the, did the Colts make the right decision in trusting their franchise to a older but a veteran Tier 2 quarterback in Matt Ryan? Or should they have given Carson Wentz a little more time to develop in their offense? Or is he better off in Washington and do the Commanders come to Indianapolis for an upset? I think it'll be a fun game to watch. The other game in Week 8, you've got the Packers. They're heading to Buffalo to play the Bills. And these are two teams where they've been very successful. I think there's been a lot of um, excitement around their success. But they both have had a lot of trouble getting past either the 49ers for the Packers, or the Chiefs for the Bills. They've never quite been able to beat their rivals and get to either the conference championships or to the Super Bowl. They've always struggled to get past those teams. But for them to go toe-to-toe, basically at the halfway point of the season, again, another great indicator of where do these teams stack up against each other. You know, quality, playoff, division-winning teams. You know, who, who has the better team at, at halfway through the season? Now we're in week nine, where you've got the Rams are heading to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks, And then this is, of course, a rematch of the divisional round in the playoffs last year, where Rams were up by a few scores. Tom Brady decides to not take it lying down, brings it back and ties it up 27-all. And then Stafford throws a 40-ish yard pass to Cooper Cup to set up the game-ending field goal. And the rest is history for the Rams. Then Tom Brady retires. And then 40 days later, he's back. And again, this is the halfway point of the season. Two, Two teams that I think can easily be battling for the NFC championship game I think that's a very realistic matchup, and again, a year from now, or a year from this game, it'll be fun to watch yet again. Two Tier 1 quarterbacks going at it. Another great game to watch. The other game in Week 9, Titans and the Chiefs. I talked about it a bit earlier, I think. But the Titans went toe-to-toe with the Bills, beat them. Went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, beat them. And I think they went toe-to-toe with the Ravens and beat them. So Mike Vrabel is definitely showing that he is able to squeeze out so much talent out of both Ryan Tannehill and the rest of his offense and his defense. I mean, to beat the Chiefs and to beat the Bills, that's, that's a feat right now, especially with how powerful those two teams are. So, again, a year later, are the Titans on the uptick? Or are the Chiefs struggling? Or which one of them looks like they're going to be back to win their division and potentially get that one seed in that first round bye. Week 10, the Denver Broncos head to Tennessee to play the Titans. This is another one where I think the Broncos have the ability to get to the same level of of a powerhouse that the Bills and the Chiefs are. And just like I talked about with the Chiefs, if the Titans are able to go toe-to-toe with them, can they go toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson and the, and the new, I think, revitalized Denver Broncos? Another great AFC powerhouse game. And I think the AFC is going to have a lot of games that are going to be just fun to watch, especially now that the second half of the regular season has started. Week 11, you've got the Titans. They're heading to Green Bay. Both teams had the number one seed going into the playoffs last year. Both had a first-round bye. Both of them fell short. Very underwhelming. So, now they meet up in Week 11. Are they both at the same point they were last year? Who's struggling? Who's got a bad taste in their mouth from last year? Who wants a little bit of revenge against these teams that, uh, I think, cut their... Off or their uh, postseason short, so another great game to watch. Where, you know, uh, where do these teams stack up against each other, and could they even meet in the Super Bowl after this game? Week twelve, I've got a couple games here. I've got the Bengals against the Titans. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but the Titans beat the powerhouse teams that made it to the playoffs and again you don't win the the one seed and you don't get that first round bye unless you've proven yourself against the best teams in your conference. And the Bengals were the team that beat them last year. The Bengals were the team that the Titans were able to have 8 sacks, 9 sacks on Joe Burrow. And if you tell me that my team is able to sack the opposing quarterback, eight or nine times, I would say we won that game. You should win that game. But for some reason, the Titans didn't. And I know that Ryan Tannehill made a lot of mistakes. And I think a lot of those mistakes might be why they took Malik Willis in the third round. But here's another game where the Titans are looking for revenge, probably. And they're playing the Bengals, who made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So are they, are, is this young, very promising talent, is it wavering? Is it inconsistent? Or are they right back where they were last year? Then you got the Rams heading to Kansas City. And this is another game where, how are the Rams doing a year after they won the Super Bowl? How are the Chiefs doing after they got rid of some of their best athletes? It's week 12, later in the season. Probably both fighting for their division. When you're playing teams like this, you got to go toe to toe. And if you don't win these, you probably don't win your division. You probably struggle in the playoffs. So that's another good game to test just where these teams are at. Week 13, got another narrative game, another story. You got the Browns versus the Texans and this is around this whole the story behind this game is Deshaun Watson. They made that big blockbuster trade to the Browns for Deshaun Watson. Texans are rebuilding heavily and who knows, Deshaun Watson might be suspended and Baker Mayfield may have to play in place of him and the relationship between the Browns franchise and Baker Mayfield is very very brittle. And so that may not be a good combination. And I don't think the Texans are in a position where they can go toe-to-toe with a Tier 1 quarterback, especially now that they've traded him away. Or he might be very overrated. Again, he hasn't played in in a couple years now, so we don't know what he might look like. But it's later in the year. They might have some things figured out. But time will tell for this one. Then you've got the Chiefs heading to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. This is the AFC Championship game last year. Chiefs were up 21 to three, 24 to three, and the Bengals came back, upset them, and in a blockbuster game, beat the kings of the AFC for the last four years. They even did it again earlier in the in the um, before the postseason, late in the regular season. Chiefs or the Bengals did the same thing. So, again, another rematch of these two teams. So, it'll be fun to watch where are these teams at. Are they again are they winning their division? Are they struggling? Are, you know, are they going to be able to repeat the success that they had last year? Then week 14, we've got the Chiefs and the Broncos. I see these two teams fighting for their division. It's week 14. Depending on how they did earlier in the season, this game might decide who wins their division. And I could very easily see, I would not be surprised, if the Broncos end up winning here and the Chiefs end up becoming wildcard teams and Russell Wilson is able to bring new life to Denver, same way Peyton Manning did, and we might see a change of power in the AFC West. Then you've got Week 15... I have the Bengals heading to Tampa Bay. And this is a game where I think the Bucks are trying to build something here, trying to get as much out of Tom Brady as they can. I think he's got at least one more year. And, again, the Week 15, teams here will, will have their identity figured out, have their game plans figured out. And it'll be easy to tell, okay, are these teams contending for the playoffs or are they struggling? But based on their success last year, that'll be a fun game to watch at the end of the season. Week 16, you've got the Broncos heading to the Rams. This is a game where Russell Wilson was at the Seahawks. He was in the same division with Matthew Stafford, but now he might have a different team around him, and that might be for the better. And again, the Rams, they don't have Von Miller anymore. Odell Beckham Jr. is in free agency. Some question marks now, but again, to go against Sean McVay and now Matthew Stafford, I don't think that's going to be fun for anybody, but it's still going to be a blockbuster game in Week 16. Then, 17, Week 17, you've got the Bills... Heading to Cincinnati. This would be another scenario that I could potentially see in the AFC Championship. And I would not be surprised. Again, the the Bengals, if they're able to replicate their success, I would not be surprised at all if they're playing the Bengals in the playoffs. And if the Bills are able to capitalize on Von Miller and Josh Allen, and the development of both sides of the ball these last few years. This could very well be a high-caliber game and a high-scoring game, and we might have a new powerhouse in the AFC with the Bengals for many years to come. And then finally, week 18, season finale, got the Ravens and the Bengals. They met earlier in this season. They're going to meet here at the very end. This game could very well decide who wins their division, who wins home field advantage, and even potentially who wins the first round bye and gets to host all playoffs that go through them. I, I, I would not be surprised if the AFC North hosts the first round or the number one overall seed and a first round bye and then the other team is a 5th seed in the wild card spot. I think we should not be sleeping on the on the Ravens and I think the Bengals have the potential to repeat their success from last year if their age does not affect them in a negative way. All right, that was the NFL games of the week. Now let's take a look and zoom in to a single team, the Detroit Lions. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each week, look at who they play, where they play them, when they play them, and their record through every single week of the regular season. Alright, to start, they host the Eagles in their season opener. Now, these two teams played last year. Eagles put up 40-plus points. I don't know if it'll be that much of a offensive game, but I still think the Eagles are going to take this one. Lions fall to 0-1 after their opener. Week 2, they host the Commanders. And this one I can see going either way. The Commanders do have Carson Wentz. Lions have Jared Goff. The Commanders, I think, have a lot of question marks. Again, they're bringing in Carson Wentz into their offense. They've had some legal issues this offseason. I'm not quite sure what they're going to look like week two. But I'm going to lean towards... I don't think the Lions are looking to go 0-2 their first two weeks. I think they're going to eke this one out. Barely. They're going to beat the Commanders, and they're 1-1 one and one through two weeks. Week three, they go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And I think you're in Minnesota, a little colder. I think the Vikings, who they took in the draft, I think it's going to be difficult to win on the road. They're going to lose this one. They're going to be 1-2. and two. Week four, they come home to host the Seahawks. I talked about the Seahawks a little earlier. They have Drew Locke, a clear Tier 3 quarterback. Their offensive line is really not anything special. They've only really got running backs. They did grab Kenneth Walker, who might be a good addition, but I don't think running the ball is going to be enough, especially against the defensive line and just the defense itself that Detroit is building. So they're going to win that one. And the Lions are gonna be two and two after four weeks. Week five, they head to New England, play the Patriots. This one I can see going either way. The Patriots always seem to be sluggish the first couple weeks of the season. I don't think this will be any different. But again, I have to put enough stock in Bill Belichick and his defense that he's able to build and his trust in Mac Jones. I think the Patriots are going to win this one. The Lions go into their bye week 2-3. and Now, not a huge fan of their bye week being in week 6, very early. But they do have a best-case scenario where they're able to use their bye week to prepare for the Dallas Cowboys. And they'll be going to Dallas in week 7. And I talked about this game a little earlier in my Games of the Week segment. But even though they're able to take two weeks to prepare for Dallas, they might be on the uptick. Dallas might be regressing a little bit. I still think it's going to be too difficult to go up against a team that had the most productive offense last year. It might be close, but I do see the Cowboys winning they're now two and four through seven weeks. Then they come home for a stretch. They play the Dolphins. And this one I can really see going either way. I, I you could see, I could see Toa Tua throwing multiple interceptions, struggling to produce anything or create anything with Tyree Hill. Or I could see the exact opposite where Tyreek Hill can't drop the ball. Two is able to throw it wherever he needs to. They win by at least ten. And I think I'm gonna lead towards that second one. Only because I'm not quite sure how well the Dolphins defense is going to transition from last year to this year, but I have enough faith in their personnel. I think the Lions are gonna be two and five after eight weeks. Then they host the Packers in Week 9, and the Packers were one of the teams that they beat last year in their three thirteen 13 one season. And I know that, yes, the Packers had their backups play in the second half, and it was the season finale, there wasn't a lot riding on it for the Packers, but I think this would be the game that Detroit would be able to eke out just because of the rivalry between this division uh, this this team in their division so I, I see it going either way but I think they're going to win here against the Packers and they're 3-5 and five. then week 10 they head to Chicago to play the Bears and yes they're in Chicago I could see it going either way but Justin Fields struggled a lot last year I don't think he was ever really able to get into a groove They only won six games last year, Chicago, and they needed help in terms of offensive line, wide receivers, and defensive backs in Chicago, and yes, they drafted players at that position, but they didn't have a first-round pick, so they were picking players that fell to them when the first round had a lot of wide receivers, offensive linemen, and defensive backs go. So they were really picking secondhand players that a lot of other teams moved up to grab more quality talent at that position. So I think I don't think they did enough help, or they brought enough help to Chicago to, to, to give Justin Fields time to grow. So... Even though they're in Chicago, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions sweep the Bears this year, but I'm going to say they win in Chicago, and they're 4-5. and five. Then they go to New York to play the Giants, and I cannot think, I cannot believe that the Lions will lose to Daniel Jones. To lose to a Tier 3 quarterback... It's almost unacceptable, and I really have enough faith in Detroit where they should win this game. They're 5-5 five and five after Week 11 for me. Then, they come home for a long stretch. They play the Bills in Week 12. I think this is a runaway game. I don't think there's any question. The Bills take this one. The Lions are 5-6. and six. Then they host the Jaguars in week 11. This is another game that you might consider it a trap game where you should win this one so you don't spend as much time preparing for it as you should and you might get caught for the better and the Jaguars could potentially eke this one out like they did with the Colts last year but I really don't see that happening. I've got the Lions winning... They're six and six after beating the Jaguars week thirteen. Then the Vikings in week fourteen come to Ford Field, and I do think the Lions will split the Vikings this year. So now the Lions are seven and six after fourteen weeks. Week fifteen, they head to New York again to play the Jets. And this one, again, it was tough for me. Zach Wilson, this is his second year, building into him. Uh, they did take, I think, some quality players in the draft. It's hard for me to see the Lions winning twice in New York. So I'm going to say they lose to the Jets. They're 7-7. Seven seven. Then they head to Carolina to play the Panthers. Yes, they're in Carolina, so that's not a help. To them, but again, Sam Darnold, another tier three quarterback. It's it's difficult for me to see them lose here. So I got them beating the Panthers in week sixteen. They're now eight and seven. Then they come home to host the Bears in week seventeen. Again, I I think the Lions have a real chance of sweeping the Bears this year. And they end up nine and seven. Then, they head to Green Bay in Week 18. And again, it's cold in Week 18. Cold in December, cold in January in Green Bay. Lions are going to lose here. I have them 9-8 and eight at the end of Week 18. Now, you might be thinking, that's pretty optimistic for a team that struggles to win 7 games every year. They won 3 games last year. Sure, that's that's a fair point. Barring any injuries, which I believe they had a lot of injuries last year, I think they grabbed a lot of quality talent in the draft. They even moved up for a great wide receiver, who hopefully he's healing from his ACL injury nicely and will be ready to go week one. But let's say for that sake, okay, I was a little too optimistic. So you might take the Packers game... Where they host them. The Packers might sweep us. Okay. The Patriots. Or sorry, not the Patriots game. The Commanders game. I have us winning that. Okay, they might lose that one. The Vikings. We might lose to them twice. Wherever you think there's a game in here that I missed. Okay. Okay. That means they win six games, which they should be able to split at least with one team in their division. It should be three. That's the goal is you play every team twice. You should be able to beat them once. If you don't, fine. You might sweep one. You might The other team might sweep you, whatever the case. You should be able to get at least two wins out of the six games you play in your division. You should have three but let's say they only have two. The Seahawks, the Panthers, the Jaguars, and then either the the Giants or the Jets, they should be able to eke out some of those games. Because those teams are not improving from last year. If anything, they're regressing. They're getting worse. So they should be able to get to at least six games. And... NFL.com puts him at 7.4. I had him at nine. So I think any range from six, seven, eight, even nine games, I think is doable, barring any injuries, barring any stupid mistakes, coaching mistakes, player errors, whatever the case may be. Six, seven, eight wins, maybe even nine, if luck goes their way, I think is very, very doable. And are they fighting for their division? I don't think so. I think there's too much stock in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I've got them winning the division. Two and three, though. Do they do better against the Vikings this year? Maybe. Are the Vikings going to improve? Again, Kirk Cousins, eight and nine last year. uh, Tier two. And, uh, of course, we have a tier two in Jared Goff. But, again, I could see... 2nd and 3rd place going either way with the Lions or the Vikings. And if we do as optimistic as I'm saying, 9 and 8, we could very well have a wild card spot. But that's still difficult for me to see, especially with how strong the NFC West is. Then you've got the Eagles and the Cowboys. So... We might not be able to make it if we lose to the Cowboys, we lose to the Eagles. But there's, it's a, there's a very real possibility that we're winning at least six, seven, eight games next year that I think we should consider. And I think we should be proud of that. And they're definitely moving in the right direction. A lot of optimism in Detroit. All right. I'm going to finish the episode with an interesting stat that I've been looking at. And that is that the conference championship teams who make it to that championship game for the last 25 years, not all four teams make it back to the conference championship game. And you might be thinking, that doesn't make any sense. There's got to be some level of there, some way to repeat the success i'm going to go back to 2017 i think that's enough of a sample size and we're going to look through conference championship games so we'll start in 2017 you had the patriots the jaguars eagles and the vikings yeah the patriots they beat the, the jaguars eagles they beat the vikings that's the year that the, Vi- or the Eagles, of course, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So again, you had the Patriots, Jaguars, Eagles, Vikings in 2017. 2018, Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, Saints. Only one team was able to make it back to the conference championship with the Patriots. And with Tom Brady's success, I'm not very surprised. But here, 2018, you had the Patriots beat the Chiefs, and then you had the Rams beat the Saints. And of course, this 2018, Patriots go on to beat the Rams. Jared Goff only scores three points. Now he's in Detroit. That whole narrative. But again, in 2018, Patriots, Chiefs, Saints, Rams. 2019, Chiefs, Titans, 49ers, Packers. Only one team from 2018 to 2019 was able to repeat their success, and that was the Chiefs. And the Chiefs ended up beating the Titans, and then the 49ers beat the Packers, and that was, of course, the year that the Chiefs were able to beat the 49ers pretty handedly. And Russ, uh not Russell Wilson, uh, Patrick Mahomes was able to get his first Lombardi Trophy. But again, 2019, Chiefs, Titans, 49ers, Packers. 2020, you had Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Bucks. So two teams, the Chiefs and the Packers, were able to repeat their success. And you, of course, had the Chiefs beat the Bills, and you had the Bucks beat the Packers. And then, of course, that year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to really bring the house down on Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady was able to get his seventh Lombardi trophy. Now we're going to go to last year, but again, 2020, Chiefs, Bills, Packers, Bucks. 2021, chiefs Bengals, rams 49 ers So again, only the Chiefs were able to replicate their success from 2020 to 2021. And this is, of course, where you had the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and you had the Rams beat the 49ers, and the Rams, of course, beat the Bengals, and the rest is history. Now, I say all this... Because, at the very end here, I want to predict who I believe could very well make it to the Conference Championship Games this upcoming season. And I know it's early. I know it's before a lot of training camp. I know it's well before the preseason. And I get that. But I want to make a prediction now, and then look back on these predictions months from now, right before... Week one starts to see how have these teams been developing, how much hype is there, should I change these, and if I feel the need to, I will. But here's what I've got going forward with the conference championship games. I have, in the AFC, I have the Bills, and I have the Broncos. Now, that second one, I'll explain it here in a minute, but the Bills... They've been building that team behind Josh Allen, and they are getting more successful every year, and I think they've only been improving the playoffs. Yes, they haven't been back to the conference championship since they lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Chiefs last year in the divisional round, but I think that this is the year with Vaughn Miller, Josh Allen, now another year under his belt, Chiefs, regressing slightly, if, if not more. This is finally the year the Bills can walk into the playoffs after winning their division, potentially winning that first round bye, and they are finally able to win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen, with Vaughn Miller, who the Rams just won the Super Bowl with a few months ago. And I think that is the team that everyone has faith in to win the whole thing come next year. Now the Broncos, they are following the formula that I I talked about a little earlier, but they are following the same formula that Tom Brady followed and Matthew Stafford did. And that is, you take a tier one quarterback, you trade him to a team that has a good wide receiving core, a good offensive line, good running back, a phenomenal defense and the tier one quarterback is able to bring life, new life, into this team and bring them to a Super Bowl. Tom Brady did it with Tampa Bay when he went and beat the Chiefs and then Matthew Stafford did it last year when he moved to the Rams and they took Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham Jr. They brought them to the promised land last year. So I have to put some stock in the fact that Russell Wilson and now the Denver Broncos are replicating that formula, and I have to put faith in the fact that this trend might continue. So that's why I have the Broncos there with the Bills. That's my AFC Conference Championship. The NFC, I've got the Bucks, and I have the Packers. Now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... The NFC is really, really weird in the fact that it's very top-heavy. Other than the NFC West, who had the Cardinals, the Rams, and the 49ers all make it to the playoffs, you had the NFC East that had the Cowboys, who went 12-5, and five, and then there was a huge drop-down of the Eagles, who I believe went 9-8. and eight. Then you had the Packers, who were 14 and 3 or 13 and 4, then you drop down to 8 and 9. And then you had Tampa Bay and the rest of that division's already a mess. But anyway, they were all very top heavy. So I think Tampa Bay, with Tom Brady unretiring, the Falcons, they have Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter. I don't think they're gonna find a lot of success there, at least not right away. So they're not defending or contending for that division. The Saints have Jameis Winston. They might have a good defense against Tampa Bay, but I don't see Jameis Winston being able to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady to contend for the division, so I don't think they're going to be part of it either. Then you have the Panthers. They have Sam Darnold, uh, Tier 3 quarterback. I don't think I really need to expand on that more, but... He has basically a free ticket to win his division and to the playoffs. So, and he's trying to bring Gronkowski back in, and Gronkowski's trying to bring Julian Edelman back in, and if those two come back, then that offense is going to be Patriots caliber when he was there his last few years, and I could easily see them making it back to the Super Bowl. And the Packers, I talked about it earlier with them, but... They have shown so much success in the last three years that they almost need to get to that point again at least, a minimum. You can't win your division by that much of a variation from your second place. Win your first round by that first seed or that one seed and then fizzle out immediately. You you can't do that. Um, So I think this is the year where they finally need to push that narrative of them kind of folding right at the end. They need to push that out, and they need to make it to the NFC Championship, and they need to go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, in my prediction, and try to get back to the Super Bowl. Because I think for Aaron Rodgers to finally define his legacy as a phenomenal Tier 1 Hall of Fame quarterback... I think he needs to win a second one just to clear up any concern that he might be fizzling out at the end of his career, which, I again, I don't think he is. I think he's got a lot of talent left in the tank, but he needs to prove it. All right. Thanks for listening to Easy Street Sports. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and now on Twitter. If you want to leave a comment, go ahead and do that. If you want to ask a question, we'll take a look, see if there's anything good, And we might answer them in the future. All right. Thanks for listening.